I am very, very excited about being able to share with us what I believe that God has put in our heart. Um, my wife and I and our kids actually just have five nights holiday. We went down to, did anyone manage to get away during Christmas to another location apart from Perth? A few of us. We managed to get down to Busselton for three nights and then we went to Margaret River for two nights. And while we were there in Margaret River, we stayed in a really nice place just that backed onto a forest and Margaret River was right down there. And so we took the kids down to do a bit of exploration. Um, my three younger kids, six, eight and ten years old, boy, girl, boy. And we were walking along and we saw a log, a fallen tree that had crossed the river. It was like a little bridge. And so I said to the kids, hey, kids, should we give it a go? Should we go down there? And so we kind of like precariously walked up to it and it looked a little bit unsure, but we weren't sure. And so I said to the kids, actually, you know what? We won't go. Let's, let's go. I thought, I better be, I better be safe. I thought, what, respond, what's that word again? Responsible. That's how you say it. Okay. Um, and, and, and so as, I turned, as we turned and walked away, my, my youngest son, Winter, he said, but dad, we love taking risks. I was like, oh. And I just heard what I keep on telling him repeated back to me. And I was like, put in my place. Because I say to our kids, we love doing hard things because anything worthwhile is, it's hard. It's not easy. And also, there's always an element of risk if you want to do something significant with your life, um, like crossing logs that are across a river. So I was put in my place, and my six-year-old son, he got us moving, and he got us turned around. So we managed to bush-bash our way to the log, and we made our way over the log, and I just didn't look back. I just didn't want to know if one of my kids fell in or not. Um, no, I did. I watched them, and they all did very well. And then we got to the other side, and we had to like bush-bash our way through the bush, until we got up to the top path, and then it was all good. And he's like, come on, go team, yeah. And you can tell when your kids actually listen to you when you preach. Um, during the holidays, we had the kids in with us while we preached, and they said, Dad, you're right. It is harder to make your own path than to follow a path that has existed before. I was like, well, you do listen. <laughs> and so we are in a series right now called Resolve. And this series called Resolve is all about following the ancient paths. What are the ancient paths? Well, they're paths that God has forged for us to give us rest for our souls. You know, sometimes it's a lot harder to forge your own path than it is just to walk around paths that others have created for us, old school ways that are good for our souls. And so the key verse that we've been looking at is from Jeremiah chapter 6 verse 16. And, and this was a message that God gave to the Israelites, God's people, Thousands of years ago, when they started to forge their own way. Well, God, we're not following your way anymore. We're just going to bush bash our ways and make our own path. We're going to do what we want. We're going to live how we want. And they started to get scrapes and bruises and cuts all over themselves. And God had compassion for them. And this was his invitation to say, no, come back. Come back to the ancient paths. And this is what he said. This is what the Lord says. He says, stop at the crossroads and look around. Just take stock. Just, just consider for a moment. Look at your legs. Look at your clothes. How scratched up are they, really? Maybe we're at a crossroads now, the beginning of the year. I don't know if you're at a crossroads at this time of your life or not. But look around and ask for the ancient paths, the tried, the true, the established, the forged. Ask for the ancient paths where the good ways. And let me tell you, God's promise to us is travel its path and you will find rest for your souls. And so what God is saying tonight to us, he said, he's saying, stop fighting. Stop fighting my way. Stop trying to carve out your own way. But he's saying, let me take care of you. 
I want to give you rest for your souls. Travel the paths that I have got for you. Follow the path I've made for you, and you're going to find rest for your souls. And so over the last couple of weeks, we've been talking about what are some of these ancient paths that God calls us to walk down, and they're tried and the true. And we've had people like Dan and Kelps and Flick and Jake and Ash and Josh Colback sharing some great messages around the old school things like repentance. Everyone say repentance. Like, whoa, if you don't know what that is, then check out a message a few weeks ago online. Worship, hunger for the Word of God, a value for the gathering, the power of the Holy Spirit. Um, and you can watch them online if you wanted to. But tonight I was actually going to talk about an ancient path called prayer and fasting. Prayer and, everyone say prayer and fasting. That's right. And so, you know, there is great power in our prayer. But let me tell you what, if you want to turbocharge your prayer life, you just add fasting to it, man, your prayer life will go to a whole nother level and you'll see breakthrough, supernatural breakthrough in your life. That's what I was going to talk about until God interrupted and he brought a sudden shift the other day. And so we're going to delay that and kick down the can to next week. But a message that God put on my heart is a message that I actually share with our leaders when our leaders from Perth and our leaders from Albany, we gathered together for a whole day together. And this message I thought was just for the leaders, but I've, I've adapted it because actually it's for the church. And so I shared it this morning at Oceans in Albany. And yep, I drove up the five hours that it takes to get up here to be here tonight just for this because it's just so good to be with you. So good to be in family. Um, and Jess does love you. She says hello, by the way. If we could be here every week, it'd be amazing. If only we could be, what is it called? An omnipotent, omnipre, omnipresent, that's it. Um, it'd be awesome. Maybe one day, no. <laughs> and so... The message I want to talk about tonight, the title is, and get out your notes, you're going to be wanting to take notes for this message. Hey, come on, Ash is on to it. It's called New Wine, funnily enough, New Wine Skins. New Wine, New Skins. That's what it's about tonight. And so, Lord God, I thank you that you're here with us, Jesus. I thank you, God, tonight that we don't want just a message, but we want to meet with you tonight. And I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're here with power. I thank you, God, that you want to change every single life in this place, that we will walk out of this place changed forever, Lord God, because of what you say tonight. So tonight we open up our hearts, whether we're here for the first time at church, it's the first time we've heard something like this, or the hundredth time, God, we open up our hearts. We want to hear from God tonight, Lord. And I thank you, God, that you do only what only you can do, as I share tonight, in Jesus' name. And again, we all said, Amen. That's right. Say it with an American twang. And we all said, yeah. that's what I'm talking about. Okay. Awesome. So it, it gets a little bit awkward when you get stuck in the past, doesn't it? Like when you meet someone like myself that still lives about 30 years ago, where my great claim to fame is I came forth in the inter-school cross country. Hey, write that down. Write that down. That's right. So I came forth in the inter-school cross country in year 10, which is about the pinnacle of my running career. And it's oof, all gone down since then. I'm trying to get back. But, you know, I'm, I'm a bit of a sentimental person. I like to live in the past. I've got a box of things. In fact, I've got two boxes of things. Has anyone got a box of things? Uh, just a box of stuff that you've collected over the years? I've noticed Jess trying to throw it out at some of those things just to consolidate. We're minimalists. minimalists. Um, and, and so I'm like, I'm just going to the bin and pull it back out and put it back in the box. I'm like, no, but I love this. I love the past. I love the sentiment. I live in the, I'm one of those awkward people that can live in the past a little bit. It's like, no, you're not already. <laughs> it's a little bit awkward. 
Um, you know, a, a part of me, can, we can think about the good old days sometimes as well, sometimes in our life. The other day I was thinking about the good old days um, at certain seasons where, where God has been moving powerfully in, in some, other, in some of other parts of my journey. And we can all, maybe you thought about the good old days before COVID. Maybe you thought the good old days before masks. And in Albany, that was about three days ago, um, when masks came in. Remember those days, alas. Um, some of us can remember the good old days before kids, <clears throat> um, before work, maybe before responsibility. I don't know. Just think about the good old days, and sometimes we can live in the past. But you know what? God's recently has been speaking to me, and that's why we've been singing this morning, about the new thing He's doing. We've been talking about the ancient paths, about the old path, the tried and the true. But you know what? God's Spirit is always moving, and God wants to bring something new for a new season. He wants to bring, we've been singing about, new wine for a new season. We don't want to hang on to the good old days, because the good old days can get a bit stale. It's a bit like soda water. Um, I, I like drinking, anyone a fan of soda water in this room? Um, for me, I like maximum effervescence. And so maximum bubbles. And so when I open that soda water bottle up, if I keep it in the fridge for a day, it's been open. No, I'll reject it. Don't, don't come near me. Because it's lacking the effervescence. And you know what? We, we don't want to hold on to old soda water bottles. We don't want to hold on to what God has done in the past. Because he, he is always doing something new. And we want to align our lives with that. And, and, and the reason why God wants to do something new is because the world needs a new drink. The world is tired of drinking the same Kool-Aid. The world is tired with being fed the same thing time and time after. But what God wants us to do is to bring a new drink, to bring new wine so we can reach people with a life-giving message of Jesus. And so we're going to have a brief look at Haggai chapter 2, verse 1 to 3. And the context of the Scripture from the Bible is, is when the Israelites were thinking about their good old days. They were thinking about the good old days and the context of this was the Israelites were God's people, and they built a, 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 a glorious temple. And then when they kept on rejecting, following after the ways of God, despite warning after warning after warning, finally a foreign nation came and destroyed the temple into a heap of rubble and took God's people out of their nation to, be, to live in a foreign land in exile for 70 years. And after that time, God miraculously brought them back to their homeland, and they came and they saw that the temple was still in a heap of ruins, and they began the work of rebuilding the temple. As they began to rebuild the temple, some of them thought, oh my goodness, this is nothing like the good old days. This is nothing like we remember it, and this is where this scripture comes into being. It says, and then on October the 17th of that same year, the Lord sent another message to the prophet Haggai. Say this to Zerubbabel, son of Sheltiel, governor of Judah, and to Jeshua, son of Jehozadak, the high priest, and to the remnant of God's people there in the land. Say this to the leftovers, whoever is still gathering together. Does anyone remember this house, this temple, in its former splendor? How in comparison does it look to you now? Yeah. It, it must, must seem like, like nothing that. at all. And so God was acknowledging that here were the Israelites who stood before this temple that was once glorious in all of its splendor, and now it looks, it looks just, just like, like a heap of rubble. It was, it was destroyed, nothing compared to the former one. You know, I don't, I don't know about you, but there can be sometimes in life where you can look at certain situations in your life, certain things that are going on. I don't know, maybe you look at your whole life and you think it looks like a heap of rubble. Maybe compared to what has been going on in the past. Maybe you had a great job and now you don't. Maybe you're financially better off, but now you're not. Maybe you're in a relationship that was great but, or bad or 
Now you're not. Whatever it is, your life looks great, but now it, it can seem, or aspects of it can seem like a heap of rubble. And you know what, can I be just really, really honest with us just for a few moments? You know this, just to get really real with us for a second. So last year, we went and did this crazy thing, which I'm going to go into more detail in a second, called Uniting Everlife Church here in Perth and Oceans Church in Albany into one church. And you know what, it's exciting. We believe it's what God is doing. It's been phenomenal. It's been fruitful. It's been fun and amazing, but it has also been gut-wrenching. Because in Albany, as in any transition, and in Perth, I think I might have been a little bit naive, but in any transition of leadership or significant change like that, you're going to have people that come, and you're going to have people that leave. I'm going to tell you that a part of the journey has been difficult. It's been painful. When people that you love so much leave the family, and they go to another one, not... It's almost secondary or almost irrelevant as to the reasons why they've left. And there's a whole lot of reasons and it's kind of second. But the point is, it's painful. And you just, you just miss them. And I know, that, I know that we do. And it's so great to have you here if you're here and you've been coming for the last few months and, and things. But we're just getting just a little bit real for a second. And, we, and I know that we all feel to a certain degree a level of pain, a level of, of loss. And and in the same way, us as individuals, we can look at certain areas of our life and feel loss and grief and a bit of pain in that as well. And we pine for the good old days. You know what? Can I tell you a word? This is the word that God has spoken to me. And I believe it's a word that he's speaking to us to have hope for the future. Because now in Haggai chapter 2, verse 4, it goes on. It says, but now the Lord says, be strong, Zerubbabel. Be strong, Jeshua, son of Jehozadak, the high priest. Be strong, all you people still left in the land. Be strong, all you people still at Ocean Church in Ocean Albany. Let me tell you that the overall number hasn't changed. There's a lot of new people coming in Albany. There's new people coming here in Oceans. The overall number hasn't changed. You know what God is saying? Those that are here, be strong, all you people still left in the land. And you know what God, God's answer is? Get to work. He says, now get to work. In other words, stop dreaming, stop thinking about the past. And There's a moment of grief that is appropriate at any loss that you've experienced in your life. It's appropriate and a healthy thing to do. But God is saying, stop dreaming. Why? For I am with you. I'm with you. What more do you need than God to be with us, says the Lord of Heaven's armies. And so what did God essentially say? He said, stop living in the past. Get to work. Build to the future. Why? Because I'm with you here. God is, I'm not with you. In the, God isn't in the past. I mean, you know, he's omnipresent and alpha and omega and he lives out of time and all that theological stuff we can talk about another time. But to be simple, God, God isn't in the past. He's here in the present right now. He's not in your past. He's not. You might be living in the past, but God's looking back going, I'm here and I want to make you here to lead us into a glorious future. I'm here with you today. And he's saying, I am with you now. Whether you've, maybe you're here for the first time and you don't know God. Let me tell you, God knows you. He loves you. And he wants to meet you right here tonight, right where you are in this moment. He doesn't, he doesn't say, clean yourself up and come to me. He says, I'm going to meet you right there in the middle of your mess. And I'm going to make something beautiful out of your mess. And what does he say? He says, you've got to move on from the past 
I'm not there anymore. Get to work and build for the future. And then he goes on to say in the following verses, he says, my spirit remains on you. The spirit has not left the building. Elvis hasn't left the building. The spirit has not left the building. He hasn't left you as individuals. Some of you can be convinced of the lies. Oh, I've blown it. Or this, this circumstance going on around in my life is evidence that God is no longer with me. Let me tell you, God is with you. He's with you by his spirit, just as a promise when you came out of Egypt. And then he goes on. So he says, so don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of the future. Don't be afraid about the unknown that you might be stepping into. For this is what the Lord of Heaven's army says. And this is the crux of what God wants to say to you. It's what he wants to say to us as, as a church, as a family in Perth, as a family in Albany. He says this. He says, the future glory of this temple, although the Israelites saw nothing change in the physical appearance, they still saw heaps of rubble, but this was God's word to them. He called them to have eyes of faith. He said, the future glory of this temple will be greater than its past glory, says the Lord of heaven's armies. And in this place, I will bring peace. The Lord, I, the Lord of heaven's armies, have spoken. If you that was good, what I have for you is better. In your life, if you look back and you think, I pine for the good old days. You know what? As you align yourself with the ancient, as you align yourself with what the Spirit of God is doing, as you say, yeah, God, I align myself with what you do. It is better than the old wine. See, Jesus has new wine. He has better wine for you and I. But, you know, we like to be stuck in the past. Luke chapter 5, verse 39, it says this. Jesus said, but no one who drinks the old wine seems to want the new wine. But the old was just fine, they say. What, why, why are we changing things? We like things the way they were. Why do we have to change things? We loved how we did it back then. You know, the gang, the gang, the gang. Come on, let's get the gang back. Can, can we just keep it how it was? Don't ruin our lives. Shoo with your newness. Shoo new. Shoo. Don't disturb me. It's like as annoying as COVID. It's like, get away, please. There'll always be someone who's happy to live in the past, like me. Sentimental, can't we keep it how it was? But you know what? I don't want to live my life in the past. I want to live my life in the present. And I align the strength. I want to align my passion. I want to align the strength of my life with what the Holy Spirit is doing. And what He is doing is good. And so what is the new one? Really quickly, three things biblically that the new one is. First of all, the new one is associated with a fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit. New one is a new infilling, a new release of the Holy Spirit in our life, of the presence and the power of God. Another thing that new wine means is, is time for harvest. It's time to bring in people into the kingdom of God. There's, this is time for a harvest. In Deuteronomy eleven fourteen, it says, I will send rain on your land in its season, both autumn and spring rain, so that you may gather in your grain, your new wine, and your, ol your olive oil. And thirdly, the new wine is a season of miracles. It's a season of the miraculous presence of God. When we think about Jesus' first miracle in Cana, it was at a wedding and they ran out of wine. It was bad news. <laughs> no, the old wine. And so what did Jesus do? He said, fill up the vats full of water. And then he changed the water into wine. It was miraculous. The master of the ceremonies at the wedding was astounded. The servants looked on in wonder. And people were amazed at what God is doing. 
And what, what they said to Jesus was, you've kept the good wine until now, John 2 verse 10. You've kept, and you know what? I just believe that for our lives as individuals, our lives as a church, Jesus is keeping the good wine, the better wine until now. He's so good. He's so good to you. So the question, though, is how is wine made? <laughs> how is wine made? This is where we get into the awkward part. It's like, oh. hey, okay. great question. Thanks, Abe. Great. How is wine made? Well, it's pretty technical stuff. You get grapes and you squish them. <laughs> you crush them. You crush grapes and they bleed, something called grape juice. <laughs> That's how they're made. That's how wine is made. And so I've got a question for you. Are you bleeding in this season? Have you been bleeding? Have you, have you felt crushed? See, with crushing grapes, it doesn't matter the method of the being crushed. The fact is the grapes are being crushed. They're bleeding. I, I, can't, I, I don't know what's going on in your life. I speak to many of you, and I know that you all have been through a certain level of crushing, a certain level of bleeding, whether it's spiritually, emotionally, physically, financially. Some of us here are actually facing the hardest times in our life. If only we could be safe from that. So why doesn't God just snap his fingers and make it, all, make it all go away? Well, this is why, because God is producing new wine in you. That is what God is doing. He's producing new wine in you. Because there's a new wine that has been formed in you that could only come about in this particular type of crushing. Is God causing it? I really don't think so. I don't think God is that. But, but do you know what? The Bible says that, that, that God even uses what Satan meant for your evil. God will turn for your good. God will use anything to form new wine in us. See, the truth is this. Is, is the fire that you thought would consume you is actually the fire that is refining you. You, you, you think that it's impossible. How am I going to escape the flames? This one's got me. This is too hard. I can't, but do you know what? God's not. The Bible says that you go through the fire, but you won't be burned. You'll go through the floodwaters. You won't drown because God is with you. His promise is to be with you. And so for me, I remember a couple of weeks ago, probably about a, a week and a half, two weeks ago, I remember bringing before God all these different things that were going on in my life. People. Oh. That I love and care for you, the church in Perth, the church in Albany, there's finance, there's our own family, stuff going on. There, there's, there's all these things that I'm bringing to God in prayer, which, which is good. God invites us to bring everything to Him. He wants us to give our burdens to Him. Um, but, but as I was doing that, I, I felt, you can't quite explain it, but it was like the whisper from God spoke and cut right through to my heart. And what God did in that instance is he didn't click his fingers or even in essence address those things that I was bringing to him but he, he, he cut through and, and God asked me a top button question he said do you lay your life down for me again are you willing to be crushed for me do you surrender to the crushing and embrace what I'm doing in you because only then can I pour out and serve new wine to others who need it in other words, what God is saying, yep, I acknowledge all this is going on, but you know what? I'm going after something more valuable from rescuing these few things that you're going through right now. But I'm using it to form new wine in you because the world needs a drink and a fresh move of the Spirit of God. And so the question that I've got for us is will we surrender? Will we come and have a fresh 
surrender for God. And you know what? As Jesus asked me that question, my response was, Jesus, you gave your life for me. Like we heard Zach. Didn't Zach do a great job with communion tonight? Give it up for Zach. One anointed guy. And I'm going, Jesus, you gave your life for me. You, God, you, you, how can I withhold? How can I possibly consider holding my life from you? How could I do anything but, but give everything? And I'm like, Jesus, I give it all to you. I, lay, I, I give everything. I, I don't hold on to anything in my life. My life is yours. Like the song says, I came with nothing. What have I got? I've got nothing. Everything I have has been given by you anyway. So I, I just give it back to you, God. It is yours and I follow you. And so in that place of surrender, can I tell you, the peace came. The peace that passes all. And it's like the things didn't disappear, but they diminished in their influence and their impact. And it was almost like they just dissolved into irrelevance as the Spirit of God and the peace of God came and built me up. And I was like, oh, this joy wells up within me, not based on these things. I sort it down. I've got this. So much complexity. Let me tell you, that'll never happen. You know what? The peace of God can come and give you joy that surpasses understanding as you have a fresh surrender for Him. And so the question is, do you want more of God in your life? Then we need to embrace the crushing. You're like, what did he talk about when you go home? Oh, they talked about bleeding, crushing, death, destruction. I don't know. It's like, hey, great message. (laughs) You know, we need to be crushed out of the way so Jesus can remain. John the Baptist said, less of me and more of you, God. Less of me and more of you. Because this is the key right here. Before he can do a new thing through us, he's got to do a new thing in us. Before he can do a new thing through you and I, he's got to do a new thing in us. And there has been a crushing in the church as individuals. Because God is after the new wine. But do you know what? New wine also means new wineskins. New wine equals new wineskins. And this is what Jesus said in Luke chapter 5, verse 37 to 39. He says, no one puts new wine into old wineskins. For the new wine would burst the old wineskins, the wineskins, spilling the wine and ruining the skins. New wine must, it, new wine must, it can only be stored. There's not an option. New wine must be stored in new wineskins. Now, let me tell you, there's nothing wrong with the poor old wineskins. We don't have anything against old wineskins. Old wineskins are good. You know, I wanted to keep them. You see, I want, I, I want to keep things the way they are or they have been when it's good because I don't want it to be messed up. There's security found. I want, I want, this is what we know. This is what we've grown to value. Can't we just copy and paste and have the same results? Can't we just keep it together as it was? Well, no, we can't. Because God is bringing a new one, and, and this is about God and what He's doing. This isn't about us. This is about what He is doing through us. And He needs, needs new wineskins. You know, wineskins are disposable. Remember something called the goon bags? I'm exposing my history at the moment to you. I'm being a little bit real. Remember goon bags? <laughs> Don't get too excited. Um, <laughs> goon bags. Is an Aussie invention, apparently. You know, you know the wine cast, just cardboard box with a bit of alfoil wrapping and yeah, that'll do, that'll hold the wine. Doesn't matter about the containers, the contents that matters. Yeah. Well, they're right. They are. It, it's the, the wine skins, the goon bags are disposable. What matters the most is the wine in the container. Don't fall in love with the container. Fall in love with the wine. Not too much, but a little bit. 
<laughs> you know, the wine matters exponentially more than the container that carries it. In other words, let's never fall in love with the methods, but let's fall in love with the vision, our why behind what we do. Let's never fall in, with, in love with the packaging, but fall in love with the contents. And then we tell you, God is doing something new. God is doing something new. God is, and therefore, God is doing something new in me. He's doing something new in you. He's doing something new in us because He wants to bring the new wine. Some of you might need to do a little bit of cleaning of your pantry and get rid of some old containers, some old ways of thinking, some old wineskins, the old way of doing things, things that you've held onto, your old solutions, things we've done even as a church, things you've done in your life. You may need to let go. Can I tell you, when we started this church about three years ago, it was called Everlife back then. It was inconceivable that this would happen, that we'd get a church in Perth and a church in Albany to marry and to be made into one church in two locations. Crazy. It, it, in some ways, we, well, we were tempted just to, well, we, we love the wine skin. We want to keep it how it was. We know it. It's safe. It's predictable. It's good. This is, we don't want to ruin a good thing. But God's like, step out of the way. It's not about what you want. This is about me bringing a new wine. And I tell you, the people, people in Albany, it was inconceivable. What? A church in Perth. <laughs> but you know what? New wine. Is this, this is the agenda of God. It's a different church. It's a different skin. And Jesus is bringing the new wine. You know, can I say, in biblical times, animal skins were made into wine containers. At first, they were flexible and easy to work with. But over time, they grew rigid and lost their ability to expand. You know, sometimes we can be like that as Christians. We can come fresh and nimble and ready and expand. But then we can fall in love with the way things are and become rigid and, and stale. And we can want to keep on. But God is saying, be flexible, move, move with Him. And can I tell you what? In the seasons where I've been crushed in my history, in my, my family setting, there, there's a crushing going on. Deep rejection, deep pain, deep loss throughout my, my life. But can I tell you? There's a wine in me that would not exist if not for the crushing that I've experienced. And there's a new wine that God is forming in you and in us that can only be brought about by this particular type of crushing that we're going through. Because the world out there needs the new wine that God is making in here. This is what the world needs. And so, therefore, essentially, the reason why I'm sharing this message is because it all comes down to this point. What is our response to what's going on around us? What's our response as we move forward into the unpredictable? What's our response as, as we're feeling insecure, as things can change, as we're holding on to the former glory days and we're, we're wanting things to remain the same? What is our response? It is two things. First of all, it's surrender. Saying, God, I want a fresh surrender. And can I tell you, on the back of a fresh surrender is a fresh infilling, a fresh infilling of His power, a fresh infilling of His peace, a fresh infilling of His strength in your life. It's at the point of surrender that we receive God's grace and His strength for us in life. A fresh surrender, seeing things from His perspective, a reorientation of our priorities. We need a fresh surrender. And also what we need to do is let go of the old and embrace the new. Let, letting go of the old. Letting go of even some relationships. Expectations maybe that you've had on other people or even on a church. Letting go of a dream that you've been holding on to that actually God is, it's like I have this picture of God just prying open 
some hands saying, would you, would you let go? Would you surrender these dreams, these things that you've held onto for so long that you thought would define you, that would be the making of you, that if I could just do it. But it, it's just, you, you just can't quite get there. God is saying, surrender. That's me. Let go of the old. Let go of control and embrace the new. Embrace new priorities. Embrace a new way of doing things. Embrace the vision of this church. New responsibilities. Embrace the unexpected. Embrace God's way. Because once again, just with the final scripture up on the screen, I want to declare prophetically over us tonight, the glory of this temple will be greater than its past glory, says the Lord of Heaven's armies. He's so good. And He is doing a new thing. He's doing a good thing in us and through us. And so can I ask us just sort of stand? And we want to take a moment to respond to what God has been saying. And so can we just close our eyes across this space? Maybe you're watching and listening online. I'm going to invite you as well to respond to Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Why don't you lift up your hands tonight to Him? Lord God, we come to you, Jesus. And tonight, Lord God, we, we, we surrender afresh to you, Lord. We surrender, Lord Jesus, to you. Lord God, we surrender our ways, Lord God. And Lord, we want to align with what your Spirit is doing right now, Lord God. And as people surrender to you, Lord God, as you ask the question of us corporately and individually, and you say, will you lay your life down for me afresh? Will you surrender? Will you embrace the crushing? As we say, yes, Lord God, I declare, and right now release a fresh infilling of your Holy Spirit. Right now begin to, to receive the fresh grace of God. Begin to receive the strength and the power of the Holy Spirit. Begin to receive the upward lift of the Spirit of God in your life. And Lord Jesus, tonight as well, Lord God, not only do we surrender, Lord God, but Jesus, we, we release, Lord God. We let go of the past. We let go of the old one skins. We let go of the old ways of doing things, Lord God. We relinquish those things that we've held on to. And now, Lord God, we take hold of the new way. We take hold of the new one skins. Lord God, I thank you, Jesus, right now, Lord God. You just breathe hope into people's hearts for the future. As I declare, Lord God, that the future glory of this temple, of this house, Lord God, of these lives in this building and those watching online will be greater than the former. In Jesus' name, for your glory, Lord God. Let's sing together.